you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 3rd of December. Down 20 again in the first half. So where do the Jazz stand? What is wrong? What has to be rectified? And a time machine Tuesday. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it a lot more fun to be a Jazz fan, though I'm guessing it's hard to make it fun right now. Down 20 again in the first half in frustration. Uh bubbling over in some ways, I think for the team and the coaches and everybody else um, as well. That was a brutal road trip. We did not play well. Um, That is real. Uh, We'll dig into that and some thoughts around it um, and where the Jazz stand and some things of that nature. Um, I don't... uh, Yesterday, I I think I was pretty honest, and I think those things are all real. Um, I would also just kind of say this. Um, Last year, everyone... I, I talked about scheduling and everyone mocked me that, ske- you know, uh, not everyone, but a lot of people kind of got, oh, scheduling. Okay. And then it turned out to like totally be a hundred percent true. So the Lakers in Dallas have both played incredibly easy November schedules and they're rolling. Um, Oklahoma city has played an incredibly difficult November schedule and they got beat up by it. The margin of difference between teams in this league is thinner than it's ever been, right? The Warriors used to play some was terrible. It just didn't matter. There is not a dominant, maybe maybe it's going to turn out the Lakers are, but I, I don't think so. There's a not a dominant 65-win team that's out there right now. Maybe Milwaukee. Um, they're, they're analytically better than everybody else also, which is a part of it. They're just way better. Um analytically than everyone we were too last year we're not this year um and so that's a part of it of why they're better but nonetheless there really is a very slim difference between teams in this league like you know people thought Atlanta was going to be a playoff team in the east they lose John Collins and now they're just dreadful so injuries are going to play larger impacts and fatigue is going to play a larger impact and I'm not going to try to like again there's real issues here however worth pointing out that so far this year the jazz have had two days maybe only one (laughs) all season in which we have spent a day at home maybe maybe a few more but not many right so a day at home without a game or a plane flight. We spent Saturday, November 9th after play, we were home, and we spent Thursday, November 7th. Then we got November 13th at home with nothing. Okay? That's like it. We have probably not had a practice as a team Unless us getting together in Milwaukee, us, I was there, I had to go, before we flew to Indiana and were in the gym for like 30 minutes to go through one play set that Quinn wanted them to look at after one of the most grueling games of the year, 
um, counts since we since November tenth. I think the Jazz practice. No, we traveled that day. Maybe November ninth. There's got to be another practice in there somewhere. November seventeenth, we practiced. Okay, like that's a long time, and there's major slippage going on. Major slippage. Um, so the there's what you have is a team that's not quite right with significant slippage due to lack of practice with significant slippage due to fatigue and they're getting blown out it's not great but that's real um what is interesting to me about this is that they actually haven't lost anything so what i mean by that is if you go to 538 And look at where the Jazz are projected right now. They're projected to win 52 games with a 98% chance of making the playoffs. Um, And they are, the Rockets are projected as one with the Clippers, one, two. The Nuggets are as three. The Lakers, Mavericks, and Jazz are all tied for 52 wins at four or five, six. So the Lakers, like the impact of schedule here, the Lakers are 17 and three. They're rolling. 538 projects them at 52 and 30. 538 uses a little too much of last year, so maybe that's slightly going to be wrong. And the Jazz, they projected 52 and 30 also. I don't know that that's right, but what I think is interesting about that is just how impactful the schedule is. Now, if you use their ELO forecast, which I don't, rather than the Raptor, they have us at 49 wins and the Lakers at 53. And, okay, maybe either of those. ESPN has us at 50 wins. On the road to 55, which I built, which I think 55 was too high, but it was kind of the number everybody wanted me to build. We're at 55. We really have not dropped a game or for every game we've dropped we've won one we shouldn't have so for example against philadelphia this year is supposed to be the number two team in the eastern conference i didn't have us winning a game we got one against milwaukee the number one team in the eastern conference i didn't have us winning a game we got one we're supposed to win in indiana that was the thought you'd win in indiana so we should have gone two and three on this trip There's not a lot lost. If nothing changes and they don't start playing better, absolutely problem. And there are significant items that have to be altered. And as I said yesterday, we're far enough along in the season, it's time to take the kid gloves off and actually deal with them. And I'll get into some of them again today. But from a big picture standpoint, just to reiterate that, the margin between these teams, look at the Vegas, like if I told you, I'm going to use a uh, a line that one of our, um, I don't want to, somebody I know well uses, I'm stealing this. If I told you before the night started that I could would give you two or three points in which you could move the betting line on every game, you'd probably bet every game. The Jazz schedule and fatigue has moved the betting line two or three points against them. Now, they're they're down 20, they're down 40. That's not two or three points. But in the the picture of what's 
And things are, you know, things have then snowballed on them. So the frustration, selfish play has been brutal. There's a bunch of things that have got it. They've got to get better. They've got to change. But if I gave you two or three points in a league that's got this little a margin between teams, you would take it and go to whatever site, my bookie or whatever, forever, right? That's really what a stretch of we just we just had is. Right? So for in 14 game 14 days, I think we've played nine games. We did something different, which I have no idea on the science on it, but we traveled on off days. Um, I'm not sure that that was the... I'm not sure that actually worked. Um, so, you know, we just have had... It's been... I, it's, what, it's been enough to dislodge us, and then we've played badly. Really badly. Not sort of badly. Really badly. Um... My point on this is, if nothing changes, you know, forget about it, right? Then they've got to, they've got to play collectively. Guys have got to get better. Roles have got to change. Tough decisions probably have to be made on some players. Things of that sort. There's, there's a lot that has to take place in the next 60 games. The track record on Quinn Snyder is pretty unbelievable in regards to making those decisions and moving things forward. So we'll see whether or not that happens. I'll dig into what some of those things are coming up. The uh, show is brought to you in part by Murdoch Hyundai. I love the way we're doing things now with Murdoch. It's just great. If you're looking for a car and you're shopping for a car right now and Mur- and Hyundai is not on your list, I strongly advise you put them on the list. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money. I'm just going to tell you to strongly advise putting them on your list for the following reasons. One, quality of cars. Two, value you get for your dollar. Three, their versatility on the marketplace. So whether you want a sedan, it's a Sonata or Elantra, all the little different SUVs, the Kona, the Tucson, the Santa Fe, the Palisade, they kind of have everything that you might need. And then the various options along the way. Plus you got the Murdoch No Regrets approach in the Murdoch family. So put, put Hyundai on your list, even if, if it wasn't originally. And then let me know. And we will email ahead to Jason at 4646 South State Street, Ben up in Logan, Blake over in Linden or one of his guys, let them know you're coming, give you the special lockdown jazz treatment, make you feel great, make sure you know, understand that you're getting the best treatment you possibly can and give you the opportunity to see whether or not Hyundai fits for you. And it may or may not. But nonetheless, kind of awesome to have you um, out there. And uh, I love the communication we're having and I love knowing that you're going and getting met at the front door and getting... Um, special treatment along the way. That that fires me up. All right. Let's talk about the things that have to change. Uh, I thought our play to open the night was terribly selfish. Um, on, all, on all parts. Um, I think that this goes back to what we talked about yesterday. Everyone thinks they're our number one option. Right now... Donovan's approach to the game the other night was I am going to go and show this team that I can carry them and will you to a win. It's not really what they need right now. Um, He's doing that, I think, out of the most best heart point of view possible that he can have. 
Um, and it was interesting. When I went back and looked at the play-by-play, it wasn't as demonstrative as I thought it was. Um, it felt to me like when I watched the game, like Donovan in the opening five minutes used like every possession imaginable. It's not true at all. So it might be misplaced on my part to feel that way, but that's what it felt like watching. And it's Donovan, I think, trying to do the best he possibly can. It, it, it was more noticeable when he came in for his second stint and his three of his first four possessions, he took a shot, you know, and, not, and they were 13-footers, 17-footers, 9-footers. Like, ooh. Um, that's... A, I, I know Donovan well enough to know that's with the best intentions. But this team has got to get to passing the ball, moving the ball, and working together with the basketball. Um, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell are not getting to the rim. The lack of shots at the rim by Donovan Mitchell in a three-year span is stunning. Three years ago, he went to the rim 26% of the time. This last year he went to the rim twenty two percent of the time. This year he's going to the rim twenty eight percent. Excuse me, eighteen percent of the time. Let me say that again: twenty six, twenty two, eighteen. Mike Conley is not going to the rim. Now defenses have moved the big five feet. Okay, the big has moved. From being up five feet where Donovan used to wrap around him to back on the rim that's taking that shot away. But Mike Conley has gone from, we talked about it yesterday, in five years, 28, 26%, 20%, 19%, 13% of his shots at the rim. I would be a bit more sympathetic to this if there were really fewer shots at the rim across the league. And I don't think that that's true. And so we have got to find a way either to get those two guys on the rim. Actually, it's not like I'm done with the, it's what the defense gives you. Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley have taken the most floaters of any player in the league. The two of them are tied for the most in the league. And depending on the type of shot and location, like Donovan shooting 39% and Mike shooting 35%, that's not a question of whether that's a good shot if it's a two or a three. If every shot counted as a two, that's a bad shot. This is not a question of the defense gives you. This is a bad shot. Like, my parents gave me celery and carrots and I want chocolate chip cookies, right? Like, The league average on that shot is 39%. It's just not a good shot. Teams are taking 32.5% of their shots in the restricted area. The Jazz, as a team, are taking 30.3% of their shots in the restricted area. 26th in the league at shots at the rim on not cleaning the glass, just over. Like, that's not all right. It's we're 20th in the league in taking mid-range shots. That's okay cuz we're taking some threes. But we're not we're 17th in the league in smart shot distribution now. That's that's a big deal. That's a you 
it's almost impossible to overcome. I think we've talked about this on the show before. Shot distribution really matters. So, Clean the Glass, which is a really good site, has the new location EFG down. They have the Jazz as 17th in the NBA in shot distribution and 16th in effective field goal percentage. It is super hard to move your offense, your shooting, much compared to your shot location. In fact, like the best in the league right now is Detroit, whose effective field goal percentage is, there's there's some teams that might be a little better, but Detroit is, Washington is 2.2 percentage points better than their shot location. 2.2, Okay. Detroit is 1.8 points better than their shot location overall. You're not going to be much more than one point. We we are exactly our shot location. Okay? Take the average position of what you should shoot from where we shoot on the floor. That's our effective field goal percentage. Exactly the same. There are very few teams that are any more than one or two percentage points better. Milwaukee is 2.4 percentage points better. Even with our shot distribution, if we were two points better, which would be the like the best in the league, which we're pretty good at shooting, we'd only be the seventh best shooting team in the league. There is a tremendous limit on what you can do as an offense if your shot distribution is bad. Ours isn't bad. It's average. But there's no need for that. They know it. They've just got, that's ball movement. That's assists. That's sharing. That's not driving the lane with the thought of scoring. Driving the lane with creating. I don't know how we get off the high pick and roll into that floater. If we have to change offensive plays, I'm not that, I'm not, I don't understand that much. Do we have to stop playing pick and roll and play small, small pick and roll and get the driver to come into the basket so the big's not involved and have Rudy sitting down at the dunker, uh, which is the baseline, and so like Clint Capella does? Or do we go to isolation and just let Donovan beat his guy like James Harden and then float it up to Rudy so he can get more dunks? Maybe. Maybe. I don't really know. I don't understand the game well enough to do those kind of things. But I do understand the impact that we're having by having the two league leaders in the floater. They're just, they're really, really low percentage shots. And it is symbolic of everywhere where this team needs to go. So that's, that's, there, there are tough, real issues that have to be addressed. That's one of them. That is, That is one of them. Donovan and Mike Conley are taking too many floaters on shots they're comfortable with, and they are not getting to the rim. And the answer, if they're not going to be able to get to the rim because defenses have moved the big back five feet, I'm I'm a little bit willing to give them a pass on that. I think the leagues have changed a little bit. Is to either find a way to get other shots at the rim or to get them to give something else other than that. Okay? I don't know that we're going to get to Time Machine Tuesday today. Quite honestly, a real issue that has to probably be looked at. 
The Jazz are 16 points worse per 100 possessions when Jeff Green's on the floor. Like, why? What's going on with that? You know, we didn't talk about him yesterday. He's 33 years old. I mean, he's got this... There's no way he's old because his athleticism is unbelievable. At the same time, like, his shot is like... It's kind of weird. He's suddenly... Right? He's shot four air balls in three games on threes. He's shooting 37% from the field and 31% from three. Like, there has to be an evaluation of whether or not that is going to be fixed. Like, is he getting back to his career numbers, which have shown in every circumstance of his career are way better than that? Former fifth pick of a draft. 44% career shooter, 33% from three. He's at 37 and 31 after 21 games. And as I said, this is a large enough sample size that these are issues that have to be addressed. It doesn't address might be, yeah, I'm fine with it and that we're going to move forward. Can George Niang, who played very well last night, despite having not very good plus minus numbers, be a positive force? The other issue, quite simply, is just finding 240 minutes of basketball right now. Finding 240 minutes of basketball. What I mean by that is 48 times 5. We'll talk about that. Maybe do a Time Machine Tuesday as we continue. Today's show is brought to you in part by Homie. Homie is the leader in revolutionizing the real estate market in Utah. It's a really it's a cool story. It's kind of like Utah at its, at its finest. It's So the guys at Homie started in Trotta out of BYU Business School, which was a uh, property management uh, company. Did really well on it, and then look to see, well, what's the next thing that's going on? What's the next market out there that has to needs innovation? And the answer is real estate, that forever we're doing real estate the exact same way. Uh, we're still doing it the same way. The Model T, it, We'd be driving a Model T car. Not quite, but we, you know, we'd probably be driving a Volkswagen Bug and old style, which are cute, but they're not you know, particularly efficient. And let's change it up. So what Homie has done is we've talked about it. When you buy a house with Homie, uh, when you sell a house with Homie, you have a set price. Now you can buy a house with Homie, and when you regularly buy a house, you are paying for the seller, their agent, and whoever, whatever agent you choose. And so, and all the money goes to those agents. So now Homie is saying, okay, we'll do this, same stuff. We'll, give, we'll look you find, help you find your dream home, tour homes, make offers, negotiate the best deal. At the end, we're going to work to get you $5,000 back. We're going to change the way this is done. Uh, you know, the 6% was one thing when houses were $100,000. Very few of houses are $100,000 anymore. In fact, most are probably five times that. So therefore, you end up, that 6% seems like a crazy number. Find out what Homie can do for you by texting LOCK, L-O-C-K-E, to 88588. That's 88588. An experienced local Homie agent who will help you. Every step of the way, text LOCK, L-O-C-K-E, to 88588. Here's really probably, from a jazz standpoint, the primary thing that has to get rectified is these incredible, incredible slumps. So it's 24-23 last night. Jeff Green makes a layup, or you take it. It's 22-19 when the subs come in. Donovan hits a shot. Uh, Donovan's playing with a second unit again. And then it goes to 24-23 at the 254 mark. And then the Jazz score 
I believe, on two of their next 15 possessions. I will count it out. Mitchell misses a nine-footer. Ed Davis misses a hook. Jeff Green goes out of bounds. Donovan misses a three. Joe misses a layup. Um, Donovan misses a jump shot. Jeff Green makes a layup. So we, we score again at the 10.56 mark. Donovan misses a three. No offensive rebounding in here, by the way. We miss the offensive rebounding on our second unit. Dante travels. Dante goes out of the game because Dante had a tough stretch. Jeff Green misses a three. Ed Davis commits an offensive foul. We now have one score in 10 possessions. We bring Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Donovan goes out. Rudy comes in. Rudy scores. So two for 11. Rudy Conley misses. Two for 12. Joe Ingles comes in. Conley travels. Two for 13. Bogdanovich misses, two for 14. Mike Conley misses, two for 15. Rudy Gobert misses, two for 16. That was an offensive rebound miss. So two, another possession kind of. We call timeout. We're down 43-27. Bogdanovich misses on a three, two for 17. Jeff Green misses, two for 18. Donovan comes back in. Offensive foul on Royce, two for 19. We have scored on two of 19 possessions. Mike Conley, bad pass turnover. Two for 20 possessions. It wasn't 15, it was 25. Donovan misses a jump shot. Two for 21. Bogdanovich turnover for a steal. We're now down. It's over. We're now down. You can't get through this. Like, it's the game's over. Like, it's over. 52-27. Mike Conley misses. So we score on two of 23 possessions. The game is over. I- I'm hearing people talk about defense. It is not defense. And frankly, I could zero it into it's when we go to the bench, second unit offense. Same thing happens the night before, right? Same thing happens the night before. Let's walk through it All right, painfully. Okay, it's 15, It's 17-11. That's not great. We're down six. And it's actually 15-11. It's 13-11. Donovan misses a three. Boyan commits a turnover, and now we make our subs. So we're 0 for 2. Moutier turns it over. Gobert offensive foul. Bogdanovich turns it over. That's five straight. Donovan scores. We're one of six. We're now down 14, by the way. Bogdanovich misses one of seven. Moutier misses one of eight. Donovan misses one of nine. Moutier misses one of ten. We now sub. We bring back in Bogdanovich. We bring back in Donovan trying to save this. O'Neal turns it over. One of 11. O'Neal hits the three. So we, we we go one of 11 and then Royce hits a shot. We're down 18 it, on the road. It's over. Like, we can talk about defense, which has not been great recently, but only because the offense has been just so bad in these stretches of the game and you can't overcome them. You just can't. We score in three straight possessions. Jeff Green, then Moutier turns it over, then Jeff Green scores again, and then it gets a little brutal again. Then it's 46-27. We score at the 9-13 mark. We score on free throws at the 7-34 mark. We don't score again until the a free throw at the 203 mark. We have a field goal. We, we swap field goals against... Toronto, Jeff Green has a dunk at the 10-26 mark of the second quarter, and our next field goal is a is a Joe Ingles three at the 115 mark of the second quarter. It's the same time of the game, both games. That's it. 
guys. That's it. Like We can digest this every which way you want and all of the other elements of things, but that's it. You cannot survive offensive slumps like that. I don't know what, from a roster, a rotation standpoint, is supposed to get done. Right? So, when Donovan Mitchell is off the floor, and I don't think like Donovan's been brilliant trying to find a lineup that works with the bench unit, it's like, it's incredible. And they're minor possessions, but we're not like, Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, Boyan, Jeff Green, Rudy Gobert is minus 33 for 100 possessions with an offensive rating of 77. Emmanuel Moutier, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Jeff Green, Ed Davis, bench unit, is minus 14 with an offensive rating of 86. These, these groups have played like eight, like 15 possessions, but Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Jeff Green, Rudy Gobert's minus 64. Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, George Niang, Ed Davis is minus 86 for 100 possessions. They've played like 18. It's a little misleading. But Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Jeff Green, Ed Davis, minus 67. I don't know. Mike Conley is not having a good year, but Mike Conley off the court is hard for us. Like, we've done a lot of it, and Joe Ingles last night showed some signs of being the point guard that kind of carries it, but it's the same thing. Like, it's not as dramatic. Emmanuel Moutier, Donovan, Emmanuel Moutier with Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Jeff Green, and Tony Bradley. It's been like plus 1.3. Okay, if we can do that, that's fine. That same lineup with Ed Davis has actually been great. Maybe that's the answer. With Dante on the floor, we haven't got enough sample size to know yet. Last night was not encouraging. When Mike Conley's on the floor and Dante is off the floor and Dante's on the floor, we're minus 21 in 205 possessions. Like, oh no, that's not true. That's just if Mike Conley and Emmanuel Moutier are off the floor. So we're playing either Dante or Donovan as the point guard. We're minus 21 in 205 possessions. That's not great. We're just... There's not an answer right now. We've got to find it somewhere. Um, and we'll think, you know, Quinn will figure it out. But the, these are hard. These are hard ones right now to try to figure out what, what we need to do. Like Dante's not played much. He's played 12. He's played 107 possessions. Our offense is an 84 with Dante on the floor right now. Our defense is good. 99th percentile, but our offense is an 84. It's the worst of any in the zero percentile. Like, that's problematic. Turning it over 23% of the times or shooting 42%, like, those are a little dramatic. I don't think it can probably last that way, but that's not a great sign. Like, that that's the, like, that that's going to be the answer. I, I don't know the answer here. But these are the tough questions that have to be asked. But understanding all of these are a little skewed from where we started because of the fact that it's just been a stretch where you're off in a margin of error that's much smaller and so you look bad doing it. And we're still, the most interesting thing to me on all of this is that nothing's lost. Like, that's the craziest thing to me. You're down by 40 to Toronto and 20 to Indiana and 20 to Philadelphia last night. And none of those are good. 
But you start to look at what you've lost, and you haven't lost anything. And you've got good guys with a great coach and a front office that's shown a willingness to make moves. And so now is the time where you've got, the, you've got a quarter of a season, decent sample size, and you start to make really hard adjustments. See what happens. And you get a half a break to play the Lakers. Um, but we're actually home for three straight. We're home for five of our next six. Let's see if we can rectify this a little bit before going out on actually what's a pretty tame three-game trip with game days off between each trip before coming back for Christmas and then heading out. Um, so the schedule tempers a little bit. Maybe we can get rolling. Let's hope so. That is Locked On Jazz today, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Three national shows for you, Hollinger. And Duncan is up, as is rejecting the screen, as is Locked On NBA. Have a great one.